Oh, right. what are we doing, Luke? What are we watching? How much blood is coming out of this man? What the hell just happened? What are you looking at? Darkness? Yeah, darkness. They had went all the way in. I knew that was coming out tonight. Welcome to the Review to Death podcast. I'm Marcus. And I'm Luke. We're uh, moving away from Stuart Gordon here. I, I enjoyed my time there, Luke. I think you did too, though. No, that was a great little uh, little series that we did, I think. I, I, I To some extent, I enjoyed uh, all of those movies, You know, some more than others, uh, especially our, our last one was absolutely amazing, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's uh, there are other Lovecraftian things out there besides... Uh, movies directed by Stuart Gordon, so we're moving on. Uh, and before we get there tonight, though, I did want to take a second. I mentioned on uh, Instagram, in one of our Instagram posts, that we were going to talk about Black Phone last week, uh, but we forgot. So let's. Uh, we, Luke and I went to go see this one in the theaters uh, right before it got taken out of theaters, really. And uh, boy, am I glad we did, man. This movie was uh, movie was great. Real, real good time with the movies. Uh, watching a you know a horror movie. Uh, with you which you know again doesn't happen often uh so yeah i really enjoyed it uh you know it's a it's a pretty intense movie uh oh by the way we're not going to get into any spoilers here for this no, not at all because you don't want to know anything about yeah. this one before you see it yeah there's one small thing i might talk about and i'll, I'll you know preface that with a you know like a quick maybe possible spoiler warning if you want to skip ahead 30 seconds but uh, it's uh, you know no no plot details at all. Uh, but yeah, it was really good. It's a real intense movie. Uh, it, it, it's a little bit more intense if you have kids like Marcus and I do, because uh, it definitely plays on those fears. I think you said the other night when we went to go see it. It's, it's like you said this movie is stress. It's stress. It's exactly stress. It is uh, it is extremely stressful, and it's a uh, very very effective at portraying stress. Uh, you know it's. Um, it is uh, an hour and 43 minutes and, you know, pretty much from the jump, uh, I was on the edge of my seat and, uh, man, you get to care about these characters, uh, you know, which a, a good movie will, you know, will do. And uh, you, you hate to see anything bad happen to them. And, uh, man, <laughs> there's uh, a lot of bad things that happen to these characters. It's uh, it, it, it keeps you, well, it kept me breathless for a lot of it. This one's based on a short story by Joe Hill, who is uh, Stephen King's son. And if you've ever read anything by Joe Hill, he is very much like his father. They've got sort of the same themes going on, you know? Big time. I've read a, a, a few things by Joe Hill, and um, I love I love his stuff. But, uh, you know, I would because, like you said, he's very much like his dad. And uh, like you, I've read a ton of Stephen King's things. Like I said, this movie is based on a short story of the same name that Joe Hill wrote earlier on in his career and it's a real short short story uh it's only like 20 pages maybe a little bit more and the one thing that i because i read the short story the one thing that i really enjoyed about it was that um uh, some of the conversations that happen in the movie are directly out of the book like word for word well that's pretty cool because you know considering it's such a short story and then you know the movie's an hour and 40 minutes so that's i'm glad they you know they 
were pretty faithful to to at least some of it. All the stuff that happens in the short story, it's all in the movie. Like they got all that stuff in there, and and uh, what the movie does is that it just uh, like expands the idea, which it really deserved because it's a really good story. It's a really good uh, thing. So there's some things that happen in the movie that don't happen in the short story just because it's not very long. Um, so this is one of the very few places that the uh, the movie is is a lot better than the short story, though the short story is really good. It's interesting, man, because like uh, I'm curious how you fit all that in a in a you know in a twenty twenty page story. I know you said they expanded it, but I'm just I'm curious how that would work as a as a twenty page story. I'm, I'm gonna have to check that out. You know, like like I said, I, I'm a fan of Joe Hills anyway, so that that'd be a easy choice for me anyway. Yeah, you definitely should. If you want to track it down, it's in a short story collection called Twentieth Century Ghosts. Okay, is it all Joe Hill's short sto- short stories, or is it? No, other- there's another author in there. Uh, his name is escaping me right now, but it's like the two of them. Oh, okay. So just two authors with yeah. uh, short stories. Okay, mm-hmm. cool, man. I, I love me a short story book, man. I th- actually, my uh, my very first uh, Stephen King book was Nightmares and Dreamscapes. It was a uh, you know one of his collections. Uh, that was my first was, one uh, too. That was your first was- Stephen King short story one you wrote, or book of his that you read. That was my first Stephen King book, period. Same, dude. That, we just found that out tonight. I had no really? idea. Yes. Oh, well, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's that's great. What a, and what a perfect way to start that, too. Like that, my love with Stephen King uh, for me. Because, you know, it was, uh, you know, little bite-sized pieces of, uh, of horror. Some were better than others. Some scared the shit out of me. I remember, I read that book when I was like 12, Maybe yeah, it must it's, have been twelve. It's so funny because I definitely started with him later than you did. Yeah, um, I didn't start reading him until I was in high school, and okay. I think Nightmares and Dreamscapes was the first one I read. And then, um, man, there's so many good short stories in there. That one's got the um, uh, Poppy, right? The vampire one. Yes. And then it's also got is that the one that's got I don't remember. It's called Battlefield or something with the army soldier guys that come to life. I don't know if is that is that Nightmares and Dreamscapes or is that Skeleton? I Curl? think it is. I'll have to look it up. And then um, the Ledge, right? Isn't that one in there too? I, dude, I don't remember. I I, uh, I don't want to sound stupid on the podcast. <laughs> 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 I'd have to I'd have to like bring bring up a list, uh, dude. We, then, could, we just it, talked for an hour and a half about Nightmares and Dreamscapes, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I read that one first, and then I really was digging the. Uh, short story so i read night shift next and that one's the one that starts off with the mist which is fantastic yeah it's so good man yeah i was i was hooked after that and then i did some more short stories i did the um man i don't know i think these might have been written under his pen name richard bachman it was like uh the the long walk yes and uh running man there's four of them in there right long walk running man road work and rage i think yes Yes, I, I think you. I think you named them all, actually. And, and I think uh, I think Rage is out of print now for uh, sort of obvious reasons that had to do with a yeah a, a gunman in a classroom. So um, I don't really remember that story too much, but <laughs> I have no interest in revisiting it now. But the Long Walk is a great, you know, like sci-fi futuristic thing, and uh, Running Man is great, obviously. And uh, Roadwork, I don't, I don't really remember Roadwork, but I know it's being turned into a movie. Um, I heard uh, Long Walk is as well. Yes, and I think somebody is actually um, remaking Running Man, which I'm totally okay with because um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Running Man is nothing like the book. 
at all. Oh, at all. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm totally cool with them making that one again and making it like the book. Cause I, I, I mean, I love the Arnold Schwarzenegger one just in general, but, but it could not be, it's so completely different. They, they totally turned it into a Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle. You know, it's, it's funny because like, I don't know, maybe because it's some of his earlier stuff that that's, that's when he was writing under Richard Bachman. Uh, King has like no issues with that. Right. But he has like a, got tons of or he had tons of issues with uh you know stanley kubrick's the shining which is like one of my right. favorite horror movies <laughs> of all times like, uh, jack nicholson makes that movie though so he does he does man you can't you can't beat him you can't beat him but anyway so black phone i oh, mean yeah, we, can sit right. here, we can sit here and talk about stephen king books for a couple <laughs> hours but i don't think anybody wants to hear that right now Oh my God, no doubt. We could just talk two hours on just that short story collection. But yes, The Black Phone. Uh, it's great. It's directed by Scott Derrickson, which uh, the last movie he directed was Doctor Strange, which I did not know that. Uh, he also directed, uh, do you remember uh, The Day the Earth Stood the, the Day the Earth Stood Still remake the, with Keanu remake Reeves? With Keanu? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see it, but I remember it. I saw it. It's not good. <laughs> this is sort of why I didn't see it. It's not not good at all. Um, but uh, he also he's also as much known for as a producer as as a director, and he also produced one of the scariest movies in a while. Last uh, you know, like you know, whatever 10, 15 years, uh, Sinister. He produced that. That movie's fucking awesome. Yeah. So watch Black Phone if you haven't. Um, I, in fact, I was talking to a, another friend of mine, and I was saying that I think this is the best new horror movie I've seen since Malignant. Yes, yes. If uh, you know, looking back over the last couple of years, Malignant uh, and, and that uh, that new Invisible Man. Yeah, that was really uh, good too. Yeah, that's it's it's right there. It's uh, it's very good. It, it should be checked out. Uh, we we also saw what was it was it the Night House. Right? Was it not like? Yeah, and you know what? It was. I remember liking it at the time, but I'm like, if I'm comparing it against, because we saw that before *Malignant*. We, in fact, we saw we saw a trailer for *Malignant* before that movie. And if I'm comparing it against *Malignant* and *Invisible Man* and this one, *Black Phone*, it doesn't really stand up. I'd have to rewatch it. I remember really enjoying it at the time, um, but uh, I, I guess I don't remember much from it, which which doesn't bode well for how much I liked it. <laughs> overall it, whenever i'm like oh yeah I, th I think that movie was good and i'm like i can't remember a thing from the movie i'm like that's probably not a good sign i think the thing about that one is that there was some there were some good jump scare moments but that's all they were as you know just like jump scares i remember it was a good mystery like from the start like there the was a half, good there was a then, good little twist yeah and like you you had that twist moment you're like oh that's sort of cool but then it got really confusing because they didn't really explain it Right. I remember like, yeah, the, I remember really liking the mystery, but then maybe while well, I wasn't that, a huge fan of the resolution, but again, I'm, I'm not really remembering that movie all too well. So I, maybe I'll have to rewatch it sometime. So after leaving our student Gordon, uh, after leaving student, I can't, fuck man, I've said student Gordon so many <laughs> fucking times in these last four podcasts. <laughs> student Gordon. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving Stuart Gordon movies behind a little bit, we started off with a uh, newer sci-fi movie that came out in two, 2020 uh, starring Kristen Stewart called Underwater. And since this is relatively new, we're going to give us a big spoiler warning right up here because we're going to go through this whole one. So if you haven't seen it and you want to be surprised, please go watch it. But uh, yeah, there is something fun to be surprised at towards uh, the end of this one. 
Yeah, it actually has is quite a few surprises. I, uh, yeah, this was uh, yeah, this is one of the newest movies we reviewed. So definitely spoiler warning. We're gonna you know reveal uh, a lot of it. Um, it it's uh, the plot synopsis is as follows: uh, a crew of oceanic researchers working for a deep sea drilling company try to get to safety after a mysterious earthquake devastates the deep water research and drilling facility located at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Just to let you guys know ahead of time, I'm going to like gush over this movie because uh, I fucking love movies like this. You know, like Deep Star Six and The Abyss and Leviathan, the one we watched uh, watch back for our sci-fi month. Any of this like deep sea creature, mystery, alien shit. Uh, Sphere is another one. We talked about that. Any of those movies I just love. I love the subject matter, whether the movie's good or bad. I'm going to like it. And uh, so if you're looking to me for a recommendation, I'm going to say, yeah, fucking watch it because I love it. But, um, um, you know, these aren't, you know, like great works of cinema here. Yeah, this is definitely a you movie. Uh, you uh, you recommended this one uh, wholeheartedly. You, you picked this one and I barely remembered it, to be honest. I, you know, this came out at the, the very beginning of uh, 2020. Uh, this is a movie that sat on the shelf for like three years. I actually made this in 2017. And I, I remember briefly seeing the trailer and I'm like, oh, yes, it's, a, you know, uh, The Abyss or Leviathan ripoff. And then it disappeared from theaters because it completely bombed. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So when you recommended this, actually, I was like, for Lovecraft? somewhere yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, i mean okay i mean whatever man and um but hey you were fucking right the two big stars in this movie are Kristen stewart and vincent castle or cassell i don't know probably cassell he's he's uh he's from overseas right he's he's a french guy yeah. uh yeah i i yeah i've been saying castle my entire life but i'm i'm sure i'm wrong uh and what i really enjoyed about this movie and i know a, a lot of other people didn't and why it got some bad ratings uh is that the movie starts right away uh cuz they're in this um this deep sea drilling facility it's like a compound right like there's different areas yeah dude it's it's literally the nostromo of underwater yeah it's gigantic and there's like different areas. like think of a, a good one is the abyss like if you're thinking of the abyss you know how they had different areas of the same thing and they could be connected either by tubes or by water it's sort of like that too yeah exactly and uh it, you know as, as we were watching it you know we we kind of made the comment that this is like a video game this movie um because you have it starts off in uh kepler station 822 uh crew uh population is uh 316 uh that goes down real fast within uh, the first five minutes first five minutes uh there's some establishing shots of uh inside kepler station that are very reminiscent of the first alien oh yeah um, yeah and then uh you know the, we were introduced to uh kristen stewart's character her name is nora and uh she kind of she sees some water dripping and she sticks her hand out like hmm, that's probably not good and then uh all hell breaks <laughs> fucking loose <laughs> explosions yeah. uh um you know like tunnels like floating up and down you know it's running uh, and yeah, screaming happens, yeah happens right away and uh, there's no backstory and you're not gonna get any backstory like there's a little bit and and luke during the watch when we were watching i made a comment to you it's like earlier in the movie i was like yeah i don't really care i don't need a backstory <laughs> for movies like this that's fine and then like about an hour in <laughs> i was like Eh, maybe could have used a little bit of backstory. <laughs> yes, that's 
I mean, not to get ahead of myself, but I'm going to. Um, that's going to be my biggest beef with this movie. Uh, nobody gets any character development uh, or almost none. It's it's next to none. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, you're not going to really care too much about these characters. Uh, you know, uh, Nora Price, Kristen Stewart's character, uh, she's our, our, our main character. So we spend most of the movie with her. So we obviously want her to live just because, you know, we've been watching movies our whole life and, and she's our character. Uh, but everybody else that gets introduced, you, you get Captain Lucian, that's Vincent Castle. Uh, TJ Miller is in this movie. He plays a guy named Paul, who's got a little uh, stuffed bunny that he calls Little Paul. Uh, that's the extent of his character development. Uh, <laughs> so that's pretty much, I mean, that's kind of how this movie rolls. It's, it's kind of like, I, honestly, it's like a video game, but you're not controlling the action with a controller. Yeah, you got another guy named Rodrigo, uh, who Nora seems to know. <laughs> you don't know why. Uh, yeah. and then, it's Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got a, and then you got a couple uh, named Liam and Emily, and uh, they're together just because they appear to because be they, because they say so. <laughs> and uh, we're going to make this movie real easy to follow. All right, we can sum this up real quick and then talk about the fun stuff that happened in this movie is that just like Luke said, there's different sections of this facility that they go to and shit happens. And in between those spots, people die. And then you get some people at the end and then the movie's over. That's right. The The whole story of the of the movie uh, is they had to get from Kepler Station to uh, a place called Roebuck uh, or Roebuck Station. I don't know if it's a Roebuck Station, but Roebuck. Uh, and then, um, yeah, they have to walk on the ocean floor and then, you know, get into misadventures along the way. And, uh, and not everyone's going to make it. And then, yeah, then the movie ends. So they want to get to Roebuck because it's got escape pods, I think, in the main facility, yes. the Kepler's place where they are is too damaged. So they don't have any more there. Right. <laughs> the first person we lose right away is Rodrigo. And uh, this is where the like the first time that this movie sort of takes you by surprise. Because Rodrigo apparently has a thing for Nora just because he gives her, like, the good helmet. And he knows his is, like, a little fucked up when they're about to go walking on the seafloor. Yeah, he, he he picks up a helmet. It's got, like, a little hairline fracture in it. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to keep this one. And uh, I'm going to give the, the good one to Nora. It'll be fine. And, uh, <laughs> it's man, not fine, Luke. No, no, Rodrigo gets uh, gets fucked uh, up immediately. And um, yeah, and like Marcus said, this movie it will kill characters off uh, super suddenly. Uh, the violence comes quickly and out of nowhere, which is uh, part of the fun. It's like a roller coaster ride, you know. And uh, yeah, Rodrigo's the first one to bite it. Well, his face shield cracks and then he implodes. It's like his whole body implodes under the pressure. Um, <laughs> it's I like think this is the. The goriest kill in this PG-13 rated yeah, movie, right? It is pretty gory, especially for PG-13. And if you're watching it, like on a good sound system, it's uh, you feel it, man. Because when his body implodes, you get like a big woof, you know, like yeah. through a subwoofer. And you're like, oh, man, I like that. <laughs> right, because we, th- I don't know, did we make clear that this, this drilling station, they're, dr- they're drilling for oil, by the way. Um, so, you know, uh, thanks BP or mobile or whatever. Or, or but, uh, are they, Luke? Are they drunk for oil? Or yeah, are they that's, something uh, else? Yeah, that's, this is true. Keep that we'll, in your we'll, heads. We'll get that there. in your we'll heads. But, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> my fault. Okay. Whatever. Move on. Move along. <laughs> just, just don't worry. Don't listen to me. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. This, like the, 
this middle part where they're like going in between different areas is is shot a little confusingly like things look cool but you don't really understand what's going on all the time um the character paul the tj miller who is the full-on um comic relief um he's carrying around this stuffed rabbit that he's like real concerned about and uh luke that's uh, a little paul man yeah luke's got a funny story about that one yeah so little paul uh, originally Okay, so here's the thing. I actually I watched the making of for this this movie today and, and a little bit yesterday too, and um, I, I guess the original original plan was for this to be it was going to be a live animal like a hamster or something, and then they're like, no, we can't do that. Um, so we're going to replace it with a stuffed uh, you know like a stuffy like a stuffed bunny, uh, but we're going to make T.J. Miller and everybody else on the cast think that it's going to be the the real bunny. And then we're going to shoot both with a real white bunny, a little tiny baby cute bunny, which is on the Blu-ray set, by the way. And it's a it's a hoot to watch. Uh, but for other shots, we're going to use this this stuffed bunny. So all the actors thought that, you know, they were told like, OK, we're going to have like an actual bunny in your hand. Like you're, this is treat this like it's a real bunny. So everyone was super careful with this stuffed bunny. And uh, thinking that they were going to use a you know a real one in post, but uh, no, the, the real bunny footage is just an extra on the DVD. Uh, and in the movie, it's everyone passing along uh, this uh, you know little Paul stuff bunny, uh, and everyone's treating it as like a real bunny. So it's uh, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so little Paul makes it. Uh, Big Paul does not. He's the next one to go. That's right. Yeah, they uh, they you know. Those uh, escape pods that Marcus was talking about uh, in the Kepler, they're you know they're gone, but they they find one. And it's got a stress uh, you know beacon coming from it, so they go and investigate it on their way you know to the Roebuck, and um, yeah, uh, Big Paul gets uh, gets killed. He gets pulled under the water by something. Something. Yeah, we start to get an inkling of creatures, uh, That's and right. then and then. And it's not like it makes you wait. It's like the very next scene. It's like, oh, here are the creatures. Yep, here they are. <laughs> and, then we're, and then we're dissecting one, right? Because they, they, they yeah. catch a, a little one. And then they're... Because it's like they're... swimming around in the in the remains of somebody that was killed in the initial explosion. And and this is the first time where I was like, okay, now I see why Marcus wanted this in the Lovecraftian summer series. Because it, uh, it resembles a, a creature from the Lovecraftian uh, mythos called uh, a Shogath. I'm probably not saying that correctly, and uh, I'm not gonna even try and describe it to you because it's uh, it looks fucking insane. So just look look up Shogath on uh, Google, and uh, you'll you'll kind of see what I mean. Yeah, we're gonna get the the more adult versions of those uh, next. Like this is the most confusing part for me because um, Liam somehow gets hurt in this whole thing. Oh yeah, there's a piece of debris, right? <laughs> debris. <laughs> there's so much debris in this movie. Uh, debris. Uh, it just we just like saying things stupid. Uh, it it hits. Uh, uh, they're wearing these wicked looking suits, by the way. These guys. They're, they have oh, yeah, no, they, look, they look awesome. They look really cool. They look really fucking cool. And um, apparently, they weigh 140 pounds when they're wearing them. The actors were. So yeah. That sounds. That sounds miserable. Uh, but yeah, this uh, piece of uh, the Kepler because the Kepler blows up shortly after they leave. Uh, it uh, it hits. Uh, Liam's um, oxygen scrubber unit, which uh, I wrote, uh, not good, question mark? <laughs> and it wasn't. I, I would imagine it would not be good. Yeah, I guess you want your oxygen scrubbed. 
Well, I think, uh, isn't that like when, you know, if it's like, because aren't they all using like rebreather shit, you know? Dude, so I'm like, not a scuba diver. I don't know. <laughs> if you're breathing out carbon dioxide, wouldn't you want it scrubbed so it's an oxygen? I don't know. It's probably what's going on. You're, um, you're probably 100% right, man. You I'm should a, be a scuba I'm, diver. I'm a little bit of a scientist, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're a little bit of a scuba diver. Scuba diver yourself. <laughs> oh my God. So anyway, Liam's hurt. And uh, Emily stays with him and like Nora gets blasted up onto this other platform and like the captain goes to try to save her because like the, now the full grown creatures are out there and they sort of look human, right? Like they've got like arms and uh, big, uh, big fingers, but like five yeah. fingers, but like they have like this little tail, like this tadpole tail. And then um, when they try to like eat you, they like, uh, like dislocate their jaw and like try to like eat you whole like a snake would oh yeah and and this is a, a scene that totally happens in the movie and uh man for fans of um i'm gonna say this wrong for uh, <laughs> vorerophilia uh man there's a scene you're gonna love in this movie <laughs> man, we learned about we learned about that fetish when we uh did uh anaconda last summer and we wrote a review and it blew up on imager because of all the uh vor fanatics out there I don't know if it was specifically because of that, but there was a lot of that. And we were like, what is that? And then, uh, <laughs> and we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I think because we asked, like, what is that? And one of the comments was like, if you have to ask, you don't want to know. <laughs> and uh, we had to know. And then we found out. And um, hey, man, whatever. Uh, yeah, you're gonna, there's a scene in here that you're going to fucking absolutely love. Uh, oh yeah, and these things, these humanoid things, uh, they are huge. I, 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 you know, I checked out the uh, behind the scenes, like the creature effects. They're like three meters tall, and uh, yeah, they're very yeah. humanoid, okay. and they look. Uh, man, if uh, anybody out there is a, a Dead Space fan, um, yes, it, it looked a lot like uh, one of the creatures from Dead Space that uh, you know you gotta dismember with your little space rifle thingy. Oh, well, this is where we lose Captain Lucian, and. Um... You know, if we're not talking too much about these characters, it's because we don't get anything on these characters, so we don't know. But this is where he dies. We know he has a daughter, I guess, because I guess Nora keeps saying, right. it's like, no, you should have taken the escape pod. You should leave. You've got a daughter. I don't even know that, man. I I just, I missed that somehow. The only thing I knew about him was that his left arm was hurt because he had a hard time putting it into one of the suit arms, and that was it. So I was like, oh, that's that's his character development. So when the captain is trying to save Nora, which he does, he gets uh, he gets like hooked up and he gets dragged down and uh, she's like holding on to him and trying to bring him up. And it's that classic, you know, like, oh, let go. And, you know, it's the cliffhanger and, moment. Yeah. <laughs> he gets dragged down. <laughs> and Luke, what did you say? Because this guy literally explodes. <laughs> oh, wait, is this the captain part? Or yeah. Is this Oh, I don't even remember. What? I think you said something like, is his body made out of like methane oh. gas? <laughs> That's right, dude. He, he fucking explodes like he was made out of a World War II anti-submarine bomb. Like, dude, he's got a he's got a Death Star explosion. Yeah, like it was, I don't know if it was, maybe it was supposed to be as like his oxygen tanks, but oh my God, he had like the hugest explosion. It was like comically big, but uh, yeah, that's... You know, R.I.P. Uh, Captain Lucian. So now you've only got Nora and Liam and Emily, the couple left. But Liam's out of commission and Emily's sort of watching over him. And Nora makes it back to the like first like facility they had down there when they made this drilling station called Shepherd. And That's she right. sees some like old pictures of the captain. 
and some like disconcerting like newspaper clippings you start like if you're here i'll say it this because i've seen this movie before so i was like purposely looking for things yeah um but you watching this the first time you're not going to pick up on it at all but you see some things in the station that like lead you to the conclusion of the movie oh yeah like the motives behind the drilling you mean yeah yeah i uh yeah i didn't pick up on any of that i just knew this no, was and the i didn't my first this, time either this was all i knew was this was the shepherd station level and uh this is where uh <laughs> nora gets a flare gun upgrade yeah and as she's uh you know, she goes back to Emily and they're, they've made like a, you know, like a, what do they call that thing? When you tow somebody, there's a specific word. I don't know what it is. It's going to bother me all day. I told um, like a, like a tow cable. Yeah. No, like the little cradle, like the, uh, they, they make a, they make a thing that they can drag Liam on. Oh, I do. I have no idea. I don't know. It's going to bother me, but whatever. So they're dragging him along the seafloor. And, you know, they're having uh, a discussion just to, you know, and, and it doesn't matter because, you know, you don't care about the characters. So you don't really care about what they're saying. They're philosophizing. Philosoph- yeah, they're doing that stuff. They're doing that <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, but you don't care. And um, they're, you know, they're finally headed over to Roebuck. But um, there's, a, there's a problem before they can get into the station. Yeah, so they make it to the final level, the you know Roebuck, and uh, it's infested. First of all, uh, they have they find it's almost like a like a macabre like car washing station where there's like all of those like humanoid you know skinny you know thin things that uh, were yeah. attacking earlier. They're like hanging upside down, uh, right. and they have to like walk through them. It's a really creepy shot. It's all it, by the way. This movie looks fucking great it looks yeah, really, really really good they did a really good job um all this stuff that's like underwater when they're walking outside that was none of that was underwater they just they added all that stuff in post um which i thought was yeah really read up on movie. about it there's it's in um it's in an article on imdb and it's in other places it's a um i i can't explain it it's it's one of those things that i just don't get but if you read the article you'll you'll get it a little bit and it's really interesting how they did it so read up it's, on that it's really cool and and if if you check this movie out and uh, become a fan which we hope you and we're kind of showing our, our our hand here how we felt about the movie but uh uh check out definitely check out the making of because it's very interesting how they made it uh i mean they, they used vr to to make virtual sets before they built them they filmed this thing in an abandoned lowe's in uh new orleans which was uh destroyed by katrina it, it's Really, really interesting shit. Uh, anyway, going back to Roebuck, it's fucked. A uh, it, whole lot of bad things going on in Roebuck. They've got to walk through like this field of things. It's like all those creatures and their hands are sort of hanging down. They're sleeping. Yep. And uh, they're trying to like uh, quietly move through. And like Emily gets through. But uh, Nora gets like found out. Like one of the hands starts like grazing her. No, no, man. What happened was fucking Emily's uh, oxygen alert starts going off and starts oh, beeping. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it's basically like a, a wake up alarm for these one of these things. And um, yeah, then fucking all hell breaks loose again. Yeah. And she gets like Nora gets like the hand comes back down. It looks like the hand's going to leave her when that alarm goes off. And then it comes down and grabs her mask and like picks her up. And then the creature comes down. And here's where that scene comes in that Luke was talking about where the thing like swallows her whole. Yeah, she's inside of it. Like she's literally inside of it because you know they have the, the suits have visors. Uh, so she she's she's like she sees what's inside of this thing's like throat basically because it's like deep throating her at this point. 
And uh, this is where her uh, flare gun upgrade that she found over at uh, Shepherd Station comes in handy. And she, like, fucking, like, wedges it up in there and just fires this flare and gets this thing off of her. Yeah. And um, she's, you know, walking towards and you think she's uh, sort of scot-free. And, um, Luke, I, I will tell you right now, this was the part of the movie that I was most looking forward to, like, hearing your reaction on. Oh, yeah. No, this is amazing. So, yeah, she gets this thing off of her, and then she sees something off in the distance, and she's got one more flare. So she fires this flare off towards this point that she was looking at, and it fucking illuminates this huge hulking thing that uh, it turns out all those little, all those guys, those like those skinny three-meter, those humanoids, they're hanging off this thing. And uh, this thing fucking stands up, and we get a, a pretty decent look at it. Oh, dude, is that fucking Cthulhu? And it's goddamn Cthulhu. And uh, holy shit, man, it's a cool-looking Cthulhu. And I never, I did not think we we're going to see Cthulhu at all during any of these movies, but uh, we sure do in this one. It's, it's, yeah, it's a treat. I, I was excited to hear you see that scene, and I was not disappointed. It's like, yeah, I almost, like, cheered, man. It was, it was great. And and you don't, like, um, you don't ever see a Cthulhu clearly, and I, and I know that's by design. And it, it actually works in this point too. You get like a mouth and you get some tentacles and it's like, it really leaves your, your, your imagination going to see how big this thing really is. You do. And that's, that's, uh, you know, by design, uh, for, for all the whole movie, they, again, in that, in that making of, they talk about this, but, uh, but you, you get a good enough look, you know, exactly what it is. He's got that, you know, that beard of tentacles. Um, he's got kind of like a tri mouth thing going on with uh, yeah. teeth everywhere. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, there's no mistaking it. It's it's him. Uh, on Wikipedia, they they list you know him as Cthulhu or it as Cthulhu. Uh, I think the filmmakers confirmed it. You know, it's uh, it's fucking Cthulhu, man. It's uh, it's great. As uh, you know, these things go. He's just pissed off that he's been uh, he's been <laughs> disturbed, man. <laughs> yeah, I think we we're just like because he Kristen Stewart is looking at this thing and he's looking at Kristen Stewart and. I made the crack like, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Are you, are you fucking kidding me? That's what. Because <laughs> she is, uh, she has sent uh, Liam off in an escape pod, and she sent Emily off in an escape pod after punching uh, her in the face. Right, because Emily notices that the third escape pod is actually not functional, and is like arguing with her. I was like, man, why don't you just sit in there with her? There's enough room. There seemed to be enough room for two people in there, yes. Um, but it, it wouldn't have mattered anyway, because after those two get shot off, like Cthulhu's like, oh, no, you fucking don't, and sends all of his like little little creatures up after them. And uh, Kristen Stewart conveniently sees that on like a readout that they've got that's just conveniently there that shows like all those little blips. I don't know if you notice it. It's also got like a little diagram of the creature next to it, like the computer's analyzed it already. Yeah, yeah, it looked exactly like it on the radar. <laughs> <laughs> it's got its outline on there, like, and there's a lot of them. Right. Yeah. And uh, so she blows up the station. She blows up herself. She blows up, you know, she blows up little creatures. There's no way she blew up Cthulhu. Cthulhu's just like, ah, oh, man. I'm sure Cthulhu was just pissed off. And he's yeah, gonna come and up he and just fucking... went back and he's like, you know what? It's not fucking worth my time. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up and destroy BP after this fuck. 
Um, oh yeah, and uh, hey, little uh, little Paul makes it. He was uh, uh, with Liam. He she gives him to to, to Liam, and uh, so hey, the, the, at least that's a kind of, that's a kind of a happy ending. And that's the end of the movie, except that during the end credits, you get like little um, newspaper clippings, and it's like uh, TN Industries. TN Industries is the name of the company that runs the whole thing. I think I thought uh, it was Titan. Uh, no, it's Tyan, like T I A N. Oh, okay. And in fact, uh, I don't. I don't know if anybody has ever confu- uh, confirmed it, but there's theories that it's, uh, you know, like if you look at the word Lovecraftian, T I A N T A N. Oh, it's, okay. that's why it's named that way. Gotcha. Uh, but who knows? But it says like T N Interesties uh, refuses help in cleaning up disaster or doesn't like allow access to the two survivors and stuff like that. And so it it the movie sort of leads you to believe that maybe the company knew that Cthulhu was down there and it was trying to summon him, which is another big Lovecraft thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's always cults trying to, you know, resurrect that guy or, or summon, summon Cthulhu. So yeah, this, this movie, apparently I just, just looking at the trivia that I guess it takes place in uh, 2050. So you got some futuristic cultists trying to resurrect Cthulhu possibly. <laughs> there you go. So that was underwater. Give me your final thoughts, Luke. I dug it, man. It's uh, you know, it, you know, check your brain at the door and enjoy the ride. Uh, that's pretty much what this movie is. Uh, you know, there's not much to it. Uh, pretty much they outline what the movie's gonna be like from the beginning. Uh, you know, we got to go to this place, and that's what they do. They got to they go to that place, and uh, a bunch of them don't make it up along the way, and um, you don't get to know really know any of the characters. But the action's really good. The visuals are really good. Uh, the director William uh, Eubank, uh, he uh, hasn't directed a whole lot of stuff, uh, but uh, he did direct this one movie I saw a while back. It's a 2014 movie called The Signal, which I recommend uh, any sci-fi uh, fan check out because it's really really cool. Uh, he does a great job. He's got a good visual eye. Everything looks really really good. Um, and uh, yeah, and you get fucking Cthulhu at the end, man. So uh, you know, what more can I tell you? Check it out. It's it's a it's a good, you know, good way to spend an hour and forty minutes or whatever. Yeah, again, I love these fucking movies. Anything that has to do with this kind of stuff, I like them. I enjoyed myself again watching this one. What was fun for me in the second watch is like after I knew the like the Lovecraft connections after I'd seen it the first time, they're like they're they're hidden throughout the whole movie, and it was sort of try to fun. It was fun to try to find those things as I was watching. And again, uh, it was, it was really fun for me to watch it with you, Luke, knowing that, you know, you're a big fan of like the mythos and stuff like that and just hearing your reaction. So I had a great time. If you're into this kind of stuff, uh, you will not be disappointed. Just don't, uh, don't go looking for any kind of backstory or anything like that. Yeah. No, no depth, you know, found here. Yeah. So, but that's okay. Not, not all movies need to be, uh, need to be deep. So when we're talking about, um, Lovecraft, monsters and gods you know cthulhu and dagon a lot of it has to do with like the deep sea and the deep ocean and things that live down there so without further ado it's deep sea creature quiz time Here we go. I'm not going to know anything about this. <laughs> it's a little throwback to when uh, we did the When Cinematic Animals Attack and Luke was giving me all those animal quizzes. So I tried to imitate that with this one. Awesome. 
So um, you're not going to get any hints tonight again, but that's just because these are all like multiple choice. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And so one point apiece. And I've got eight questions tonight. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So here's number one. And, and by the way, these are all real deep sea creatures, right? I'm just going to ask you for certain information on each of them. Okay. And the first one we're going to talk about is called the Japanese spider crab. Okay. Oh, and by the way, like I recommend that you go look up the pictures of these creatures because they're wild, man. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I bet they are. I, uh, I looked up a couple of them just because, you know, I was working, you know, beginning to work on the uh, Instagram poster for this thing. And uh, yeah, like, holy shit, there's a lot out there. <laughs> All right. So number one is a Japanese spider crab. This crustacean is known to slowly crawl across the ocean floor on its long spindly legs. That's why it's called a spider crab. They are um, peaceful creatures that have the longest leg span of any crustacean. How long are we talking about, Luke? A, up to six feet. B, up to 25 feet. Or C, up to 12 feet. Oh, shit, man. I thought like six feet was going to be like (laughs) the most. Oh, that's six feet. That's fucking terrifying um i mean i'm gonna go with six feet man i hope it's no more than that it's 12 man these Uh, things can get huge oh that's what's crawling around down there yep (laughs) jesus all right number two this is called a flapjack octopus (laughs) awesome fucking serves pancakes and shit Serving him up with a spatula. <laughs> He's got a little hat on with a cigar coming out of his mouth. His name is Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> this this octopus gets its name because of how it rests. It likes to lay itself flat on the seafloor, thus resembling a large pancake. Okay. Makes uh, sense. Though this is a true octopus, it lacks two things that its cousins have. Okay. One, it has no ink sac. Okay. And what is the second thing it does not have? A, it lacks a beak. B, it cannot change color. Or C, it does not have eight legs. I'm going to say it cannot change color. That's correct. It cannot change color. And then the reason why I said that is because it's probably dark as fuck down there. So why bother with color? Exactly. I was hoping <laughs> you'd go that way to think about that. Number three. This is in, this animal is called a sea pig. <laughs> Man, these are great. Okay. All right. The sea pig gets its name from its pink body and the way it scavenges for food. It sort of like snuffles along in the, in the sediment. Okay. However, um, these are actually sea cucumbers. True or false, sea pigs have shown a tendency to be babysitters. Babysitters. Uh, true. Yeah, that's correct. Um, the Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute have researched these quite uh, quite often, and they frequently see uh, juvenile crabs, like little tiny ones, mm-hmm. climbing on or hiding under sea pigs uh, to protect themselves from predators. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Symbiosis, right? Yeah, like an adventures in uh, sea pig babysitting. <laughs> All right, number <laughs> number four. All right, you're two two for three. This okay. right now. Number four is a sea angel. Okay. These beautiful gastropods have developed small wings that give them the ability to, quote, fly through the water. They are beautiful creatures. True or false, sea angels are carnivorous. I'm going to say false. 
This one's true. They yeah. use their little uh, they use their little um, tentacles uh, to grab small prey. Okay. All right. All right. Number five, anglerfish. I'm sure you've seen a picture of these before. I, I, I know anglerfish, yeah. Yeah. This fear-inducing deep-sea fish is known for its large teeth and hunting patterns. The anglerfish has a small light-producing antenna that bobs in the water to lure unsuspecting fish. Oh, yeah. This is that uh, thing from Finding Nemo. Yep. How do anglerfish mate? Is it A, the much bigger male swallows the female, B, the much smaller male attaches itself to the female, or C, anglerfish reproduce asexually. All right, it can't be asexually. I would, I'm going to get that one out of there right away. Uh, you said the female is bigger, like much bigger? Well, A is A is the much bigger male swallows the female, oh. or B, the much smaller male attaches itself to the female. Oh, I got you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with B. You are correct. Yes. The, uh, and they are very much smaller. Um, in some species of anglerfish, a tiny parasitic male will latch onto the much larger female with his teeth until he is effectively absorbed into her. Oh, wow. Um, their skin and vessels join together and many of his organs disintegrate. The male begins to get all the nutrients he needs from her blood, and soon the female is able to use what little remains of her mate to reproduce and spawn her eggs. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> that's pretty crazy, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, uh, wow, that's, that's fucking crazy, man. Holy shit. All right. Three more. Number six. This animal has been given the title of ugliest animal in the world. <laughs> Champion. What is this fish called? A, the blobfish. B, hagfish. Or C, goblinfish. <laughs> D, fuckfacesaurus. Um... <laughs> No, I don't know. Uh, wait, what was? Can you read A and B for me again? Blobfish, hagfish, goblinfish. Oh, I want to say hagfish so much. I'm going to say hagfish. It is not. Hagfish are yeah. are pretty ugly in their own right, but it is a yeah. blobfish. Okay. Um, but it sort of is a, a, a an unearned name because uh, these you know these creatures live so deep in the ocean that their bodies are under immense pressure. Okay. So when you when you bring this fish up to the surface, it like decompresses on itself and it makes itself look just like a blob of gelatinous material. Oh, wow. Weird. Okay. Number seven, the barrel eye fish. These fish live at depths up to 2,500 meters. And at that depth, the light is very scarce. This fish has adapted in an unusual way in order to grab what little light is available. What is that adaptation? Is it a, Barrel eyes have large dome-shaped transparent heads. B, their eyes are the biggest part of their body and are barrel-shaped. Or C, barrel eyes are blind and rely on echolocation. Oh, I'm going to go with B. Uh, it's actually A. Damn. This is one of the craziest fucking things ever. It looks like a 50 sci-fi spacecraft. <laughs> the front of its head is literally transparent and its eyes point straight upwards. Oh, wow, that's so weird. Okay, wow. All right, last Crazy. one. Okay. And this is the giant isopod. Okay, okay. A giant isopod is any of the almost 20 species of large isopod related to shrimps and crabs. They average between uh, three quarters to a foot long, but can occasionally grow beyond that. They have seven right. pairs of legs, the first of which are modified into like mouth parts, you know, think of like bugs, you know? Yeah, these things sound gross. 
So, true or false, these creatures are living fossils. Oh, uh, true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, this creature's been around since, uh, you know, they found fossils of this same creature up to 160 million years ago. Shit, man. I mean, I would imagine that a lot of the, well, maybe I'm probably fucking way wrong, but uh, at least quite a few of the, the things living down there haven't really changed much over the years, you know? Yeah, and how much of that shit that we just haven't discovered yet? Oh, I know. I know, man. Hey, man, dude, that's part of why movies like Underwater are fucking kick ass, man, because, you know, the possibilities are endless. All right, man. Well, that was a tough quiz, and uh, you got 50% on that one. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> the Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays and Fridays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Review to Death. Thank you for listening. Luke, tell us what's coming up next. Well, coming up next, we're getting out of the water, and uh, we're going to watch the 1991 Fred Ward starring Cast a Deadly Spell. That's pretty much all I got. Later, Gators. Oh, no, dude. Rodrigo ain't going to make it. Oh, no. <laughs> Holy shit. Imploded. Wow. I thought Rodrigo's gonna go further than that. See you later, Rodrigo. Holy shit, man, that's pretty gruesome for PG thirteen. Yeah, it is. Got bits of Rodrigo in the water. <laughs> Rodrigo got chummed. Hey, where's Rodrigo? You just hold up your hands. He's everywhere, man. <laughs> you got some Rodrigo on your shoulder. There is no Rodrigo, man. Rodrigo should have kept uh, the other helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Rodrigo is part of the ocean now. <laughs>